so well this is going to be a bit of annoyed a bit of bit of an angry podcast because honestly anyone that follows the toronto maple Leafs, anyone that does anything for the toronto maple Leafs, anything that does anyone that does anything about the toronto maple Leafs is going to have a bit of an annoyed edge a bit of a, an anger edge to them a bit of a why 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 does this why do bad things happen to good people so i'm recording this fresh about an hour and a half hour after the Leafs, their season, the 2019-2020 season has come to an end at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets in Game 5 of the play-ins. So there's going to be a lot of raw emotion in this one, a lot of, a lot, a lot of airing of grievances and such, but... Before I started off, before I get into game three, my thoughts on that, before I get into game four, before I get into game four and beyond, or game four and game five, what am I talking about? Anyways, before I get into that, the number one thing I just want to say, I wouldn't quite hit the panic button yet. This is not quite the time. I mean, look at it. We lost in a five game play in after a pandemic happened an inter a worldwide pandemic and everyone was off the ice for god knows how long and then we came back so let's not be too rash in this but with that being said screw this team screw this team screw the like everything about this team i'm i'm so frustrated right now i'm so angry right now at what i saw unfold in game five in, in this series in this whole season would it really be the 2019 2020 leafs that they didn't just uh, really like just disappoint you and then just reel you back in ever so slowly and then only to just kick you straight in the groin and, and then throw you down a hill. But then bring you back up. Nurse you back to health. Just to slap you in the face and throw you throw you down a flight of stairs. Uh, I kind of blacked out what I was saying there. I don't even know what that sounded like. Anyways. So. Let's start with game four. An absolute miracle comeback by the Toronto Maple Leafs. What a display. They can't solve Elvis Merce-Leakins. For what was it, 56 minutes? And then they, they they pop in four on him. Holy, what a game. You remember that? You remember, uh, what was it, Saturday? Friday, actually, sorry? When you, you were happy about this team? When you were there was optimism surrounding them? Hold, that's To me, that seems like months, years ago. But let's break it down. So. In that game, I actually was very happy with the fourth line. That Pierre Engvall, Kyle Clifford, Jason Spezza line was very good. And I mean, I'm not just talking about Jason Spezza's fight. And when they were down two, to give the boys some energy. Knock some sense into Gavrikov. Or is it Gavrikov? Or whoever. Who cares? But, I mean, they were playing so well that Sheldon Keefe actually put them out there with like, what, two and a half, three minutes left in the game? It's unheard of for an offensive zone draw. Unheard of to put your fourth line out there in such a desperate situation. But they were playing that well. And I was that happy with them. Um, obviously, I thought Morgan Ryan, I mean, despite the turnover, I know that one was just blatantly horrible. But I thought Morgan Riley showed well in this game and in this tournament. I mean, in this uh, play-in, in this game, though, as well. 
and then Travis Dermott obviously he stepped up and he was decent but uh, big one to me Justin Hole was a lot better from game three to game four I thought in game three after am I thinking of the right games even possibly I think so game three I thought he was terrible I thought he was awful I thought he was the cause of a lot of those goals however game four I thought he was you know better managed himself a little bit better uh totals I mean still played played a good amount of time a decent amount of time but um obviously had to play above what he actually is to me he's a depth defenseman he's a good depth defenseman nice to have back there five six well you know can play into that top four but it's not ideal that's my opinion he had to play bigger minutes in this series um I thought in game four he did decently. He did better than what we saw in game three. He stepped up, which was nice. Travis Dermott, same sort of thing. Um, But honestly, there's nothing really more to recap in game four other than those last four minutes in overtime where we just saw the big guns flash their muscle. I mean, Austin Matthews all of a sudden becoming a playmaker. Where, where did that come from? We saw a couple great, we saw a great William Nylander zone entry, which we everyone loves to see. We saw a couple nice Mitch Marner feeds here and there. Zach Hyman finished to tie the game and then to put the cherry on top, the, the chef's kiss. Austin Matthews on that one-timer. That's just oh so beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. We were on cloud nine. You remember Saturday or Friday? Even Saturday? How much optimism? How happy you were? And then game, game five. Let's get into it. I, got, I made some good notes on game five. I thought, so the first period, not bad. A little bit of back and forth. What was it one nothing? Um, I don't know. I mean, they were saying on at the break, oh, Nylander didn't get to his point quick enough, but it, it was a weird point shot. It didn't even, it deflected off like the top of the stick. It was just kind of an unfortunate. It was, it was a good bounce for Columbus, I thought. It was a very back and forth period. Anderson did make that great save on Bjorkstrand, challenged Texier well, shut down the angle, took one off the dome. Um, but he was decent in this one. That first goal was not his fault at all. Um... But one thing I do want to point out, I think Frederick Anderson, you know, he's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if they say tomorrow Frederick Anderson has a concussion because taking two rips off the dome, especially as quick together as they were, that doesn't tickle. He, he, he's going to be feeling something tomorrow. I can almost guarantee it. So anyways, uh, pretty much only though the, the, the best forward line, obviously, Matthews, Tavares, Marner. Keeping them together was quite interesting. Um, I thought Janssen was terrible in his first period back. Eventually did settle in, kind of. Had that really good chance later on, which I'll get to later. But um, very, very back and forth in the first period. A couple, uh, you know, a little bit of trading chances and such. So, um, second period, uh Anderson starts whole giveaway, and then a couple nice saves by Anderson bails them out. Not bad. Remember that in the back of your head when we get to the third period. Remember that whole whole lot of giveaway in the offensive zone, and then two nice saves by Anderson, and then there was another sorry save rebound save, and then there was another one. They came back and then made another nice save on the glove. Right. Okay. 
So Leafs power play. Um, there was that great chance by Tavares in front. Um, you know, solid game by him, I thought, but just uh, it was a good, it was a very good chance right there. I mean, he had the puck in front, back into forehand. Corpus Alone saved there. There was another play later in the second. Insane puck movement. I think it was Dermott to Marner up to Matthews. Great save there. We obviously had the two broken sticks in one play in the second period. I don't know what that was. I don't know why one of them didn't go to the bench. I mean, you're you're both useless. We saw one play where where Matthews was trying to kick it. It just was like this team. I swear to God. Like, isn't that the, just the? Uh, I don't know. You go, go. You go from having one great chance at one end, come back the other end, break both your sticks, and just put everyone on edge. Like, oh my god, that was painful to watch. Why didn't one of them right away go get a new stick and then switch, and then the other one go get? Like, you're useless out there. Useless out there with. Both of you don't have a stick. How's the puck supposed to get out? So that one, I mean, nothing quite really amounted from it, but oh my god. Other thought that I had in the second period, every line other than, pretty much every line, pretty much. I mean, there, there, there some okay moments from other lines, but the second line sucked. The Nylander line at, Nylander at center just sucked. Every line other than Matthew Smarter, Tavares, I, in my opinion, like, I just couldn't bottle it up anymore. They sucked. They sucked, they sucked, they sucked. Matthews, Marner, and Tavares, though, were awesome. Here's the flow of the game, in case you didn't notice. In the second period especially. Matthew, Marner's Tavares get on the ice. The puck goes down the other way. They get chances. They get possession. They have the puck. It's looking good. They get off the ice, and then it just ends up in our zone, and nothing would happen. The puck wouldn't get out. It, like, it, it was just scrambly. It was horrible. And I mean, to touch on the line switches, to have one too many men penalty, where it wasn't even like you were changing, the puck went near the bench, or it was just the wrong guys got out there. And then to have that second goal, where I'll get into more, but just two bench gaffes. In game five? In an elimination game? Are you serious? What is this? Like, <laughs> I don't even expect this in men's league hockey. Oh my god. The more I mention it, the angrier it makes me. So, let's continue. Um, After the second, I thought the Leafs had three grade-A chances. The Tavares post, I think it was in the first period. I forgot to mention that. The Tavares... Uh, one on the power play where Corpus Allo made the save. And then Matthews had a really great one-timer as well. Unfortunately, you know, nothing came from him. Columbus did have their chances as well. At this point, they did. They had the chance off the whole giveaway. They had Bjorkstrand walked in. Frederick Anderson made a nice save. The Texier one, I mean, just put a, it was a bad shot. and I wouldn't count that as a chance. Um, at the end of the second, we were all notified Tyson Berry will not return. So then just the makeshift D lines start to come in. So if you're if you're not panicking at this point, then you must have nerves of steel. Because the Leafs are running. No Muzzin. No Barry. 
The D sucks as it is. Martin Marinson's in the lineup. Cody Cece's in the lineup. And guess what? At one point, we saw them together on the ice at the same time in an NHL hockey game. In an NHL hockey game, we saw Cody Cece and Martin Marinson on the same time on the ice at the same time. Like this is, this is, this is not Austria. This is not the Austrian league. Why are they on the ice at the same time together? How does that make sense? Who allowed this to happen? Anyways, third period starts off. They they throw the lines in the blender again. Uh, Spezza to Nylander on a great save. I mean, Corpus Allo made a great save there. There was one Kerfoot busted through. Uh, that one was after the second goal. But um, it was a good start to the first, third. Uh, sorry, Spezza to Nylander, great chance. My apologies. And then 34 to 40, flips it up to 44, a shot off the rush made a save. That was quite interesting to see, and I did not get that wrong. Austin Matthews did flip it up. It went to Morgan Riley, who was on the rush there, and unfortunately his shot's not that good. I'm just going to be quite blatant with this. But then, so this Columbus Blue Jackets goal. Like, (laughs) I mean, this, like, I hate to blame the goalie. I'm part of the goalie brigade, but that goal was horrible. That goal was awful. And that just add like that's the goal on its own. Just take the goal for face value what it is. The goal on its own is was terrible. Add to it that you're in an elimination game in the third period and you're down by one. Just just one on top of the other. Just 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 oh my god. God, just put me out of my misery. This goal was so bad. The Leafs... So the puck gets in, dumped in. For some reason, everyone changes and just... The, the, Liam Foodie had the puck alone in the offense. It was him versus Martin Marinson while other Columbus guys are coming in. Like, just... The look of the goal was just so weird. Like, where is everyone? What's going on here? So, it is a bad goal. It is on Frederick Anderson to stop a shot from the side of the net. However, what is everyone else doing on this? Why do we have such a bench gaff on this one? What was going on with the bench in this game? Like, why are we... What? What? Why? Why, God, why? Why? So, to see that goal, and then great on Sportsnet... Great on you guys for showing me every single angle of that goal over and over and over. Just get the Lysol and just spray it right into my wounds. Just take the lemons and squeeze them straight into my eyes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, as it's, it's bad enough I have to listen to Jim Hewson and then see him in his stupid Lay's commercials. And you have to do that. Like I don't, I don't want to see that goal. I don't want to see it ever again. No. Like, honestly, if I were brought into a room and interrogated for something, just play that goal. Just show me every single angle of that goal again. Again. And again and again and again. And I'll, 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 I'll sing like a... I was going to say hummingbird. Blue jay. I don't know. Whatever bird sings. But after that goal, we did get a great chance. Um, where Kerfoot broke, broke through the D. Seth Jones fell down. He fed Janssen. Andreas Janssen, Mango, put in for Nick Robertson. Kind of a big deal. And Corpus Allo with a huge save. So just, um, 
another another kick straight to the teeth um, because our goalie can't stop one from the side of the net, but theirs can stop grade A chances. So that was kind of a t- tough one to, to swallow. Um, but yeah, I, I stopped me. I mean, just the rest of the game, it was tough. It was, it was tough. To summarize the whole series, the Leafs shot at 5 from 5 they shot 2%. Their shooting percentage was 2%, which is just otherworldly. Call it unlucky. Call it, I don't know what. So what happened in this series? Well, you can look at it game by game. Game 1, not enough jump. Game 2, we won. It was good. They looked very good in this one. They well outplayed Columbus. Game 3 was the choke job for from halfway through the game and on. Like, I don't know what happened there. Just, just foot off the gas, no forechecking, nothing. Game 4 was the miracle comeback, which we did not deserve to win. We played, we played what, four minutes in an overtime? Columbus was on top of us for 56 minutes. Insanity. And then Game 5 just... I thought we outchanced them in this one, but Corpus Allo played very well. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned in the playoff preview... If the Leafs lose this one, you're going to want to tear the t- your TV off your wall and just spike it. You're going to want to you're going to want to grab someone and you're going to want to go full Bills Mafia in your in your living room and guess what? You did, I did, and everyone and their grandmother that's a Leafs fan probably did as well because this was just so painful to watch at times. Columbus just smothered them. What I found in this series was the Leafs would get the zone entries but it was, it was they they didn't give you an inch in this one whereas the Leafs D it was it was kind of they tried to kind of stop you at the line and if they were able to get into the offensive zone it meant that they had a step on the defenseman they were able to I feel like do a little bit more with the puck um didn't always lead to goals I mean look at their goals how many were point shot deflections how many were just shit I mean off breakdowns and breakaways and such so Kudos to Columbus. They stuck to their system. And I mean when they when they stuck to their system in this in this series, it was it was effective. And the Leafs unfortunately were not able to get 100 percent from each of their players uh, for enough time to win three games. I mean when you look at it, I mean at certain points, like I, Marner was kind of quiet and I didn't have enough notes. I didn't really write much down on him. Tavares, Matthews were good tonight, but I just couldn't put one together. I mean, Tavares missing a wide open net. What are the chances of that? Like, just, I feel like, got a little unlucky here, a little unlucky there with the Leafs. I mean, I, I don't think we got a consistent enough performance from um, depth players that, um, that really, I don't think they really support those top guys well. So, in my opinion, Matthews Tavares, MVPs of this series. Both of them were awesome in this one. I give the edge to Matthews. I'm maybe a little biased. I like him a lot. But Matthews Tavares, no problem, 100%. I think in almost every game, maybe game one, Matt Tavares was a little quiet. But I thought that those two were fantastic throughout this series. Mitch Marner, William Nylander, I felt were on and off in this series. 
And that's where it kind of gets dicey. I felt they were on and off in this series. I felt Hyman Mikheyev were on and off in this series. I felt that Kasperi Kapanen didn't do enough in this series, but did show some flashes here and there. I mean, there was one play in this game where I felt like he had a break, hit a lane, he had an opening, and he tried to pass it. You know, and when the the passing lane was was blocked, like it was just a like the the clubs are still closed, but it still looked like he was hung over or something. I don't know. That was a really weird one there. Um, Frederick Anderson. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say he costed the Leafs this series, but when you look at it, he was well outplayed in this one. I mean, think about it. Game one, made some great saves, played well. Let in that muffin, though. Game one, he was outplayed. Game two, Corpusala was unreal. Unreal in that one. Anderson shut up. They're still playing great. Game three, I'm not going to blame him on that one. However, Merz Lickens, Corpusala wasn't very good, but Merz Lickens on the, on the, Merz Lickens, on the on the cleanup job was better than Frederick Anderson in game four I mean I felt like Merslickin I mean we'll call it a wash in game four kind of thing maybe give Anderson the edge but in game five Corpusalo was money he was lights out he was unreal he looked really good in there and he made some huge saves huge saves but so give obviously you know Give Columbus the. I think they they had the advantage in every in offense and defense everything in this one. And yeah, I mean again, two percent shooting at five on five is just you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win if your goaltender's not playing otherworldly and you're shooting at two percent on five from five on five and your power play isn't clicking it to the level that it should have. I feel, in my opinion, you're not gonna win really not rocket appliances so last thing that I want to get into um, where do we go from here seen a lot of people trade Marner trade Anderson um, trade Nylander Berkey said that on TV there but we have that shot at Lafreniere I mean it's 12.5% I'm not going to not holding my breath is what I'm saying for that one. Where do we go from here? I think there needs to be some rejigging. If the Leafs want to be competitive next year, and I mean not squeak into the playoffs competitive next year, that defense needs to be revamped because something needs to be done. Whether you're tactically doing it um whether you're doing it tactically or whether you're going out and getting different guys because I highly, highly, highly doubt Tyson Berry will be back. I highly doubt Cody Cece will be back and that's that's two-thirds of your right side. So you got Justin Hole. If you call up Timothy Lilgren, sure, whatever, but then who's going to... To me, those are two depth guys that you have at right D. You need two top guys. If you were to roll Muzzin, Hole, Riley... Uh, Muzzin, Riley... And then Sandine even on the left side. I feel like that's respectable. That's decent. That's not bad. To me, I think you should really try Dermot on the right side or try Riley on the right side. And just like, I think that could be key. That could be good. 
they're both good like they both handle the puck decently well they both skate very well i think getting them more minutes and having them on the right side could be could be a strong point for the leafs and i mean if you don't play either one of those guys on the right side you're going okay you're going muzzin riley dermot but then where's sandine gonna play and you're, you're really gonna put, try and 20 year old 19 year old defenseman that doesn't play the right side on the right side in an nhl season is that really gonna work like, like just really think about that so maybe you move one of those other guys to the right side there um do you trade one of the big dogs and the big dogs being Nylander, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Matthews, the Matthews, Tavares are not in this discussion. I'm sorry. That's just stupidity. Um, and then Anderson is thrown in there as well. Do you trade one of those guys? I mean, based off this, this series here, absolutely not. No, I'm not trading after what four, three, four month layoff. And then they lose in a five game series. I think in seven games, we got a different ball game altogether in that one. I think the Leafs can come back and win in this one. But maybe that's just my homerism showing. Um, obviously, you don't make any decisions based off of five game, this five-game series. However, overall in the season, I mean, let's look at the facts. Marner didn't play to his full potential. Okay. That's, I mean, that to me is just like almost a fact. Right? Um, and it obviously doesn't look as good because he just signed his big deal in the, at the beginning of the season. And then you got Frederick Anderson really did not. He struggled this year. I mean, he didn't get help defensively, but he did struggle this year. He didn't play as well as he should have. He didn't play as well as we've seen him play in the past. Um, why? Why was why was that? I mean, I felt like the Leafs were a lot more free flowing in the defensive zone. They gave up a lot of passes. There was a lot of time for the other teams to make moves, and as a result, it resulted in some great chances. Even though the like other teams didn't get a high number of shots against in a game, I felt like the ones that they did, they really counted because they were they were hell of they were very good scoring chances. But I'm not letting Frederick Anderson off the hook on this, that one. I don't think he played very well this season so he's got one year left uh riley's got one year left as well so just to throw that in there just sprinkle that in there i don't think he's gonna move though uh, anderson has one year left um i think jack campbell might have one or two years left after this one so what do you do i mean in terms of free agents i don't know who's going to be available there um do you you could start to play Jack Campbell a little bit more, get, put a little pressure on Frederick Anderson, see what what Jack Campbell truly is made of. I mean, we mainly kept him to back-to-backs, kind of. Um, he didn't play too many top-tier teams, I felt, but he, when he did, when he got the opportunity, he really sh- he showed out, and he played very well for in pretty much every single start, I want to say. So do you start to let Jack Campbell... You know, do you start to play with that idea? I don't really think so. I mean, at this point, um, I'd like to look at, I'd like to think that the larger sample size will shine true and that uh, Frederick Anderson is a solid goaltender and we should let him play out this this full year and then at Christmas time make a decision on ter- in terms of an extension there. Um, but, I mean, I think be patient. It sucks. 
But remember, Ovi and Backstrom, it took them 11 years to win a cup together. However, I mean, that's two players. We're talking about keeping together, what, four? Four big dogs? And at one point, they did have... The Capitals did have Alex Semin. They He had to go. He had to go, and... I mean, he kind of flamed out and he sucked, but whatever. So... I mean, after this season, I don't make those big rash decisions. I think after next season, that's when, you know, you start to look at, well, do we move one of the big dogs? Do we, I mean, how does Nick Robertson play out? How does, I mean, do you move one of the wingers? The depth, I mean, in terms of the big dogs, though, keep them. Keep Nylander, keep Marner. Keep Tavares, keep Matthews, even keep Briley. Keep, I think, keep this team together. You just got to tactically look at. Uh, you got to look at the D, and you really got to make some tough decisions there. And, uh, but I don't think, I don't think sacrificing one of the big four, I'll call them the big four, to improve the defense through a trade is really gonna benefit the team in the long run so just my two cents anyways um i think that's about it so i'm gonna end i'm just gonna start going i'm gonna start spewing about this team about this season because i think Stephen a put it best we were i don't even have the line in front of me but we were we, we were hoodwinked, we were bamboozled, we were led astray, we were run amok, and we were flat out deceived. I couldn't have put it better myself. This team was so frustrating and so disappointing to watch. They've been frustrating and disappointing to watch ever since January of 2019. I don't know what happened to them, but it just seems like not they they nobody wants to play well all together at one time there always has to be something wrong they're like just like a high maintenance partner there just always has to be something wrong something has to go wrong either the offense goes quiet one night and the defense plays well or the defense goes to shit and the offense goes off or one line's clicking the other line's not clicking i mean one player's clicking the other one's not it just seems like they just can't fit it all together. And I mean, you try to solve that. You try to you go out near the trade deadline. You get Kyle Clifford. You add that juice to the fourth line. You go in the offseason before you get Jason Spezza, who's a leader. You, and you name a captain to the team, John Tavares. You fire the coach. But in the end, you just get this disorganized, this this. Is, I, I, I can't think of the word right now, but they, they not a non-cohesive group. You get this group that it just doesn't seem like they click all together. And I mean, I don't want to. Oh, they don't. They have no heart. Nylander doesn't hit enough. Blah blah blah. blah. Like, but night in night out it just seems like something is wrong each night and it's not the same thing as the night before and that's what made it really frustrating to see because we at, at very few points in the season i felt 
did we see the Toronto Maple Leafs play to their full potential and call it injuries. Oh, Mikhaev was out for a long time. Muzzin was out for a long time. Guess what? A lot of other teams had injury issues as well. I just felt like I felt like at no point injuries or not did this team play to its full potential and it was extremely frustrating to watch. And I mean, the epitome of this season was the point when I think they they lost, they got completely smoked by by Pittsburgh. Kazmir Kaskasuo's first start, they got completely smoked by Pittsburgh. What, 5-6-1? Where we saw that kid in the stands, the, the upset kid, that was hilarious. And then I think that, what, the next game, they go out and blow Pittsburgh out of the water? Like, where did that come from? And then there was a streak, and then, then there was the game against Carolina. The David Ayers game was in that period as well. But then there was a game, the, the, the next game, the very, very next game, they come out and they play Unreal again. I can't quite remember the exact sequence of who they played, but that time period there, and I'll, I'll pulling it up right now just to, to get the specifics of it. But it was the in February. Yes. So actually in there nice. They lost to Ottawa. They lost to Buffalo. Can't remember. I'm not gonna get into that one though. So the loss to Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, the win against Pittsburgh, the loss to Carolina, and then they went out and they beat Tampa Bay, they beat Florida, they beat Vancouver. And then guess what? Guess what they did? They're on a roll. They're feeling good. They're looking real good. Guess what they do? They go to California and completely soil the bed. And I mean soil it. But guess what? They come back to Tampa. They come back home. They play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The big bad Tampa Bay Lightning. And they beat them. And then the season got canceled. Just up, down, up, down. This team is a roller coaster. And they just got to figure out how to click. Like how to click with one another. If it's not going well for one person. Like how do you. How how do you almost mass. How do you make up for it. Kind of. And I feel like the, the, they ha- they don't have that. Identity and that culture to them. They just. They, they haven't learned how to win. I hate to use the hockey cliche but feel like it's uh, most appropriate in this case so there it is the end of the 2019-2020 season thank you all for listening today try not to be so moody <laughs>